Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Ladies and gentlemen, it is I, John L., your friendly neighborhood moviegoer. It's been a, uh, a rough weekend, <laughs> to say the least. Um, been dealing with a uh, bit of a head cold, uh, ear infection, and uh, overall just a uh, beat up body, I guess, from all the uh, gym going and working out that I do. But y'all not here for that. You guys want to listen about my movie going experiences. If I sound a bit different, if I sound a little off, now you understand as to why. But let me get into a movie I watched uh, this past Thursday, uh, December. I'm up here. I'm sorry. <laughs> December 29th, 2022. Uh, it's a movie entitled Living. Living is a Sony Pictures classic film in which we have the synopsis being laid out as such. Living is the story of an ordinary man reduced by years of oppressive office routine to a shadow existence who at the 11th hour makes a supreme effort to turn his dull life into something wonderful. The movie is uh, rated PG-13, released in theaters, limited release, uh, December 23rd, uh, movie runtime is an hour and 42 minutes. Uh, the main protagonist in the film is coveted British actor Bill Nye, who plays the titular, not the, the, uh, the protagonist, the main character, Mr. Williams, and he is flanked by a casting and crew of tremendous actors and actresses. What the make of this film, folks? First things first. Um, this was my first time attending the Angelica Film Center and Cafe downtown Soho in New York City. It is a movie theater that plays independent and art house movies which living is considered it has an old school movie theater vibe with a typical cafe ambiance upstairs which is where you can get uh, cafe like products be it croissants baked goods coffees things of that nature still have your movie fare like popcorn and stuff like that but it has a very 
old school movie theater feel. I get into the theater. Eventually, I got to the movie late. Thankfully, I only lost about maybe 10 or 15 minutes in the movie. But I'm going to tell you why that didn't even matter. Um, the theater is old school in the sense of uh, it's divided by left and right side and has a big center aisle. Much like movie theaters of years yonder. And it was an interesting um, space to sit in because no recliners, no cushy seats, um, cramped seating, back to back, next to uh, left to right, people next to each other. But I didn't necessarily feel like I was infringing on anyone's viewing. The reason as to why I say that is obviously in most theaters and in this theater as well, there's reserved seating. When I get inside, obviously I'm late. I look at my row and there are three ladies sitting across my row already taking up my seats. Well, my seat at least, right? Because I only have one seat. But instead of being the Karen, or being a, f uh, a fussy person, or let's use a very old term, or being a fuddy-duddy. I looked around real quick, used my peripheral vision, and saw that the damn theater <laughs> wasn't even full. So I sat two rows in front of him. The aisle seat wasn't even taken. Nobody else is in that row. I sat down, enjoyed the rest of the movie. I recap that and all of that to say the screen was so far away yet it was clear to see I don't feel I don't feel like I missed anything um, sometimes when I'm at like uh, an AMC I feel like the even no matter how far away from the screen you sit the screens are so wide that you have to look from left to right sometimes just to gather the visual width. But at the Angelica Film Center, it's not like that at all. You can just look forward. The whole screen is there, even though it's huge. And you're sitting at a good distance from it where you're not going to miss anything. You don't have to look left to right. So that's my uh, my visual synopsis of the Angelica Film Center. But now on to the movie. And uh, to get this part out of the way, some facts here, some numerical facts. Uh, living is considered a drama. The, the tomato ratings, folks. Always got to talk about this. See as to where the fans and the critics are. As of right now, on 119 reviews, the critics have it at a 94% certified fresh. With fewer than 50 official ratings, the audience score is at an 86. 
to mention something else about the film that's factual. Uh, this particular movie is a remake of an Akira Kurosawa classic. The movie was written by Kazuo Ishiguro and directed by Oliver Hermanis. This movie, folks, and I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you I don't know why this movie hit me in the feels. I know exactly why. Even though I'm not an elderly gentleman, uh, like Mr. Nye, the actor, as per the main character, Mr. Williams, there was a lot about this film that hit home. And it came to be where he realized that he was just existing. And he didn't necessarily live a full life. He had his kids, he was married, had recently lost his wife, so he was widowed. But all he did was exist. His dream as a human being was just to be a gentleman. A gentleman in the sense of a man who took care of his family, went to work, did his job, provided, and went about life. But he forgot to live. And essentially, or should I say, and eventually in the film, I'm spoiling everything, folks, because I know a lot of people aren't going to watch this in the theaters. He was diagnosed with a very aggressive cancer. He was only given months to live. And there was a scene in the movie where he was sitting in the dark in his home while his son and his son's wife uh, come into the home. They all live together in the same home. And the son and the wife were talking about where the family inheritance would go, whatever money the father had left. Basically talking about him as if he weren't there. Eventually, the daughter-in-law turns the lights on, uh, gets spooked by the fact that the, that her father-in-law was sitting in the dark and just contemplating as to what life is going to be like for the next coming months. So then you'll see um, what is probably the more predictable thing or things that happen in the movie. Uh, not necessarily a midlife crisis, but he goes through these adventures or these experiences, should I say. He goes through these experiences with a man who is a writer and basically he goes to bars uh, different types of restaurants um, he puts on a singing performance at some point there um, he goes to I'll call it a cabaret 
because it wasn't necessarily a burlesque show. Um, and throughout all this, when he notices that what peop- other people consider living life and having fun didn't necessarily coincide with what he felt um, was important. He then comes to the realization that what was important to him was no matter how small the gesture or how small the feat, he wanted to leave a long-lasting legacy and leave something behind that <coughs> excuse me that impacted others' lives. And as the synopsis said, he was living the suppressive office routine life. He basically worked at a uh, the equivalent of a uh, city office. A city office which would have like parks and recs in it, um, where you would get permits to do things or whatever the case is. Uh, I would say um, probably sanitation, cleanup, you know, like a, a city, a, a town office, right? And he was uh, the head of a specific department. And when you when you enter into the office the first time, you get to introduce all these characters. The sense that you're given is that these folks are there passing time when new files and new cases get put into their department. All they do is just add it to the stack and do nothing with it. And by the time he realizes that all the living and the fun that he wanted to have or that he was experiencing with the writer that he met in a diner wasn't for him and then he just wanted to make a difference and leave a legacy he took it upon himself to spearhead this one specific case about a group of ladies who wanted to turn this abandoned portion of a town square into a playground for children you ask yourselves well John L why did this uh, resonate with you why did this uh, hit home as a person who thinks and often reflects And has always felt consumed with the idea of what am I going to do with my life? How do I not necessarily stand out amongst the rest, but how do I make a difference no matter the scale? And when I tell you that it made me feel sad that I had taken this gentleman so long 
to reach that I don't know what what to call it uh, train of thought it hit home because for a lot of us we are still searching for that what our purpose is how we can make a difference and outside of me recording these movie podcasts and stuff like that or whatever I'm a health and fitness coach I also work for one of the major sports organizations here in the US and I'm always trying to find a way to make a difference and make a difference in a way where it can turn around someone's day where it can make a difference in someone's life you don't want to just walk around in life and exist you want to leave your mark somehow and the transformation of Mr. Williams' character even with the terminal diagnosis was one of inspiring awe and great will and determination there was a point in the movie where it was made clear or where the point was made should I say that even though Mr. Williams spearheaded this particular project to get this playground built before he passed that there would probably come a time where the playground would no longer exist and people would forget um, what was done there in that part of town but then what synced in and what was portrayed in the movie is that people who were a part of that town be it the citizens the ladies who were responsible for petitioning uh, to get that uh, playground built the officer who was um, what's the term I'm looking for he was stationed in that part of town where that playground was eloquently and beautifully spoke about how <coughs> how much of a difference uh, Mr. Williams made in the community just by doing and committing to that one gesture me saying that saying that even though that playground might be gone in years or decades past as long as those people remember the good deed that Mr. Williams did for those ladies and the young children in the neighborhood that needed that playground that it would be talked about for years on end and that the spirit in which Mr. Williams did that deed with should always be remembered I think the third act of the movie and I'm not afraid to share this had me in such an emotional bind 
I feel like I had tears in my eyes the entire time in that third act of the movie. And just being able to relate to the fact or the idea of wanting to leave a legacy or wanting to be remembered for making a difference, even if it's not on a global scale, right? But amongst people that knew you and worked with you. And the movie was so well made that you were able to feel that throughout, but at the same time, see the other side of the coin. After the scene that played um, where uh, they were at the funeral or the wake for Mr. Williams, uh, some of the characters who worked <coughs> with Mr. Williams in the office, uh, specifically Miss Harris, a young girl who um, always looked for uh, Mr. Williams' approval and things of that nature. Uh, they they uh, concentrated a lot on their relationship um, and how it was perceived. A widowed man hanging around this younger lady. Uh, she was looked upon in a bad way. He was looked upon uh, in, a, in a way himself. But all he wanted was companionship and somebody to hear him out and somebody that he can just confide in and talk to. And that youthful exuberance and energy that she brought and her positivity is what he wanted to give back to the world. Um, or at least those he spent the most time with. Or at least anybody who would allow him to do so. <coughs> Which is why he went through the deed that he did. <coughs> Sorry, folks. By creating or helping <coughs> the initiative to create that playground. <coughs> I bring all that up. <coughs> Damn. I bring all that up to get back to that wake scene. Miss Harris, which is the only person that Mr. Williams confided in, eventually meets and has a conversation with Mr. Williams' son, Michael. And Michael comes to find out that Miss Harris knew the entire time that Mr. Williams had known about this uh, terminal illness, illness that he was diagnosed with, but he never told his son about. Because my interpretation of that is due to the conversation that was had earlier in the film between the son and his wife and how he must have felt at that given moment, he didn't feel it necessary 
he didn't feel like his son or his uh, daughter-in-law would understand. I guess he didn't want to burden them. But him coming to find out, Michael coming to find out from Miss Harris that he was eventually, or essentially the last one to know, it was a turning point in the movie. Another character in the movie to talk about it was uh, Mr. Wakeling who was a young new employee at the office that we get introduced to right at the beginning of the movie. He came in with that spirit of wanting to make a difference. And Mr. Wakeling was then thrust into the reality that there wasn't much of a a difference to be made. The culture at that job was not one for a difference to be made, but one to just exist. But when Mr. Williams did what he did, That changed for Mr. Wakeling. At least at that given moment. After the wake, there was a, a scene in a train where four of the former co workers uh, were in this train. Speaking of uh, the spirit in which. Mr. Williams uh, was so aggressive and wanted to get things done to build this playground and they vowed in that train to take on that <coughs> that spirit and the flip side that I wanted to talk about was how basically the way that I saw it was maybe like a day or two later there was a new case that was brought into the office um Mr. Middleton, which was another one of the characters who was like the second in command to Mr. Williams. He then takes over Mr. Williams' role. A new file is brought to him. He takes the file and he just files it away as if it's just another day. And the spirit of how Mr. Williams went about his last days to get the project of the playground done didn't even resonate enough with that group to continue. Mr. Wakeling, he stood up for a quick minute to, I guess, remind them what they vowed to to do. And then he opted to say nothing. Because at the end of the day, I guess Mr. Wakeling's priorities were a little different. And uh, he was able to find a new love and make his life outside of work mean something to him, which is what I think he took away from the events of what happened with Mr. Williams 
and things of that nature. It was a very emotional film, very well shot. The the performances were excellent. I didn't feel like this would be one of those movies that would have me emotionally locked in and just emotionally wrecked, to be honest. But it did. Just because of how I always think about life and how I want to be remembered and whether or not my existence uh, would mean anything to anyone. So I think now I know that's really much why the film resonated with me so much why I related to it so much and why it made me feel the way that it did I recommend this film folks I really do am I going to sit here and tell you guys to go out and watch it in theaters it's hard to get a to, to get a hold of this movie so if you know hey a theater in your areas that shows art house films and independent movies. Look up that theater. Look up this movie, Living. And uh, go watch it. And if not, hopefully it uh, it comes to on-demand and streaming services soon enough. But I feel like this is a movie that needs to be watched and revered for years to come. This movie entered my top 10, should I say top five movies of 2022. And whenever this hits 4K Blu-ray, I'll be buying it because streaming it just won't be enough. I have to own it. And with that folks, I will end this one and uh, record something new for you guys in reference to a film that I missed earlier in the year and I had a lot of fun with. The next review will be about Marcel the Shell with shoes on, so look forward to that. As always, folks, I appreciate you all for listening. Thank you, thank you. I wish you all a very happy, prosperous, and positive new year. And let's walk in to 2023 and do the damn thing. Until then, folks, I'll see you next time. Take care of yourselves.